Hey Angels, it's Amy from the Freud's Angels podcast. And Vanessa. We're here to bring you a special series about my journey and rewriting my narrative around my body and redefining my relationship with it. And along the way, as Amy is on this journey, we will bring to you gifts that come out of it, ways that you can handle your own body journey, things that you can think about in order to reclaim your own narrative. Now let's get to it. Hi, angels. Welcome back. The Body Reclamation Series. Um, I think we're on episode, would you say 17? I think we're on 17, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, so today I want to talk about we we made the big choice we got the membership we decided to take action and make good choices in our lives and then we and 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 i think there's a falsity in our belief system where we step into the idea that because we've made the decision because we've accepted it that that's going to fix it like that's that's like that was the issue well not so much. Um, <laughs> I think that even if we make big decisions, like say, for example, you decided to get a gym membership or like me, I bought a subscription to a, um, a personal trainer and, um, and that you think, okay, now I can make good decisions. Well, we haven't solved, now that we have the availability, we haven't really solved the whole thing. Like there's more work to do on the other side. It isn't just, I decided to do it and it's going to be great. Um, Cause there's resistance still um, for me personally, let me share. So a week ago, Friday, I bought the subscription service and I thought, okay, I can go ahead and I can, um, I can create, you know, I can do this at lunch cause it's not, it's not long. It's really easy. But, but, um, I'm finding myself not resistant to it, but I'm finding I'm not making time for it because mm-hmm. I'll get three quarters of the way through my day and I won't even have a taken a lunch break because I'm working and I'm so involved. I often don't take my lunch break, which is not a good thing. Um, and I realize I didn't exercise, like I didn't do anything. And then mm-hmm. the brain comes in with the, oh, well, you know, you want to check it out online and make sure you can, you know what to do. And yeah, I have to, I have to go and set up and create my own plan and, you know, get the things I can and can't do. And, you know, and, and that's part of it, but mm-hmm. like, there's a whole big like reasoning in my mind why I haven't done it yet. Yeah. So basically that tells me because my brain is creating reasoning that I'm afraid of something, there's fear, or there's a resistance still there of doing the exercising. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things is, I I think the the biggest thing here is I want to caution you. And I, I want to implore you and invite you to not use it as a stick. 
Like I could be very much in self-flagellation moment right now and telling myself how horrible I am for not exercising, not making the right choices. I could, I could really use it as a reason to do some pretty big self-recrimination and Mm -hmm. I could use it as a way to guilt myself, to shame myself. And when I, I made a pact with myself when I signed up for this to not do that. To mm-hmm. not use it as another stick to proverbial, you know, to, to be horrible to myself. That's mm-hmm. how we got here. Right. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. in order Breaking to make cycles. <laughs> changes, I need to change how I treat myself. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we can do is check in. So ask yourself, or I asked myself, what are we still in resistance to? Um, you know, and one of the things I think, Vanessa, we discovered, did, did we discover this on or off recording last time? I don't remember. We talk and we record and I don't remember what we said. So, right. and now we're, and now we're doing an extra, you know, an extra dive deep in the middle of the week. So <laughs> who knows when it came up? <laughs> I know. So I think what I realized is part of my resistance is getting help from other people. Like I'm afraid that the help that I do allow myself to ask for, well, I won't be able to do it because I'm able-bodied again. And that independent part of me may prevent me from asking for help. And people, I, I, I fear that people help me because I'm disabled because I mm-hmm. actually have an issue. And I fear that if I gain strength, I won't have that help any longer. Like they won't be willing to help me because I've gotten stronger. I don't need the help. So they're not going to help me. So these are the scenarios that I think is running around in my subconscious because I really didn't realize that they were there until I sat down and had a conversation with myself and of like, what are we so afraid of? So in a sense, I'm afraid of succeeding because I'm afraid of changing my current dynamics into how they look. Yeah. And I have a hard enough time asking for help, but I held on to the idea of being disabled as a way to get help. And really that's subtle manipulation. It's, it's also a way to allow you to ask for help. Right. <laughs> like, because you I were forced to. Right. Because I, you know, I have to ask for help because there are certain things I cannot do. So take that away. And what does that look like for me? Am I going to be strong enough to say, hey, I need some help with this or not carry a 55 pound box across the fucking (laughs) parking lot and injure myself? Like, yeah, am I, am I going to return to those behaviors because I don't feel like I have help? Because I don't feel like I can ask for help because I'm able-bodied. Well, because it goes even deeper into the worthiness of people and their reaction to us. Yep. People feel pity. And so therefore they like me or they feel whatever. And therefore they tolerate me or whatever that story, it gets wrapped up. Yep. Because like me walking slow, it's like they, they accept it because of how they feel in reaction to my disability. 
me taking my time and me not walking quite as fast. Like not because they care about you and right. Which is, I think it's something, it's a facade. It's a lie that my brain has told me. Um, So I have to really work hard with that narrative and tell my brain it's okay. The people care about you because they care about you, not because they're looking at you through the lens of your disability. They may see you as being that and they may want to help you and be kind, but those people are always going to be kind. Yes, there will be some people who automatically shift from not asking if I need help, but helping if I ask. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, because when we see people who are struggling, we automatically mm-hmm. go, can I help you? Yeah. But when we are not obviously struggling, but we do need help, it's up to us to ask. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that puts the onus of needing help and asking for it back on me. Mm-hmm. So, and, and also, I think is this possible, it also risks possible rejection, right? Right. Which is huge. My brain is like, hell no, we ain't doing that. Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hell no. Uh So, so it's, it's about that. There's, this is another layer. Like I said, we are all in layers. Like we discover things in layers. So it wasn't until I signed up for my subscription service that I realized I have this resistance to being well because I'm afraid of losing the dynamic I have. But the only thing that I can foretell, which you can't because everybody's different, is that I may not get the automatic offer of help. However, I will still have the help I need. Like it'll always be there because that's also a faith thing. It's a trust. It's a faith. The people... And the universe has proven it to me countless times that when I needed help, people showed up Yeah, mm-hmm. all the time. The help mm-hmm. was always there, even if I didn't ask for it, or even if it didn't look like I needed it mm-hmm. because the help didn't always come from a direct person in direct contact. It came from spirit putting me in the right place at the right time, you know, whatever. Yeah. But So there's a sense of, okay, brain, I get that we're afraid. I get that we're afraid of also losing our identity in a sense of being disabled, that it's a new facet of the identity to not be disabled or not identify as it in order to feel comfortable in asking for help. Mm -hmm. However, as we exercise, as we get stronger, there will be some things we don't need help with. So we'll be okay. But there are people who love us that is always going to be there to, to, to ask for help. And on top of it, and this is something I just thought of, was, you know, I can go as far as sending a message to my friends and saying, hey, if I wasn't disabled or if I was strong in my foundation 
and I was, I was stronger. I was more able, more capable. If I asked you for help, would you still help me? And I automatically know because I heard it in my head that they would all be like, of course we will. We love you. They'd be offended. Like, are you kidding me? That's right. the kind of funny <laughs> like, thing I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> mean. Right. So, <laughs> so in this process, it's, I'm, I'm not rejecting the idea of that fear. I'm leaning into it to hear what it's trying to tell me, to hear what are the things that are like making me, preventing me from making the choice to do it. Like after we record this and after we get off doing the podcast today, I'm going to go and I'm going to open the website and look, what do I have to do? How do I do this? Do I create it? Does he create it for me? Do what, what is the process? Like I'm now, because I've thought about and I've leaned into that, like, I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to take the next step in discovering, you know, do I print something out? Is there something I had to print? Is there something that I need to decide? And do I need to create my own workflow or workout flow, depending on his videos? Like he has multiple Mm -hmm. videos for the same thing. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to select which ones I want. Like, creating a plan so that I can make the choices to do better things. But that doesn't mean that on the other side of making that plan, that there's going to be self-actualization. I may, Hey, I may not, I may be like, yeah, let's do this. And next week is awesome. But I also may find more resistance that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. understanding that we as humans have created these fail safes with our brains. Our brain has kept us so safe, has kept us like, we are here today because the brain has been engaged in some way or shape or another. Mm-hmm. And so, but the problem is, is that there's so many woven intricacies of fear, of trepidation, of belief systems that we have in our mind that my left brain decision of buying the subscription was not without some resistance on the other side. So rather than being like, I did it again. I bought, I bought the thing and now I'm not doing it. I couldn't sit here and just belittle myself. Right. Right. Very easily. You could slip into that. It's very, I mean, it's, even on the lowest level, disappointment, right? When we're disappointed in ourselves, we have judged that we, you know, have done something wrong and, you know, deserve to sit in time out <laughs> in some way or shape or form and let it be. I mean, but this is like, I mean, all of these podcasts are poignant. All of these podcasts are, are relevant, but I feel like this one is like another one of those raw moment ones of like, let's fucking get real <laughs> and be honest with ourselves. It is not easy to be able to say beyond, right? What's what, what would you normally say? If you're not on a journey, you'll just go, I'm too lazy to do it. Right. Or, you know, just say something off, off hand about yourself and then, you know, just sit in whatever shit that is, but to be able to go, I'm going to have to explore all these things that are going to feel ugly. It is going to feel ugly that I don't think my friends, you know, would help me 
that feels ugly, right? Like you would just said it and I could see it in your face that you're like, I don't want to ask them something like that because I know how like offensive that will sound, but it needs to be offensive in my own head too. So I have to say it out loud, right? right? Like you have to create those different pathways. It's the same. I mean, we, we talk about this with people who, um, um, have certain mental illnesses that they stay stuck in illness because it's how they get attention and it's how they get love. And it gets wrapped up in this negative, like blanket when really it's that rawness of, I don't believe I can get love otherwise. So I have to be this persona because everybody's used to it and nobody's going to come help me if I don't have this persona, right. Or nobody's going to show me love in the way that I've decided love go back to our, our, our podcast, our regular podcast from last week, I've decided that this is what love looks like. And it's the only way that love comes in. So therefore I can't break that wide open and risk that nobody actually loves me. Right. Like that sounds like, I don't want to do that. I would rather stay in the patterns that I am right now. I can handle it for however long it always self-destructs, but you know, that, that, honest conversation is so important, but it's so difficult to have by yourself. You were able to do it because you've been doing so much work for so long. The average person who hasn't done hardly any work is like, what the are you talking about? I don't want to be this way. I don't want, this is why I'm listening. I don't want to be this way. But if you sit with yourself and you be honest, brutally, and I don't use that word that often when it comes with honesty, but it feels that way when you're doing it to yourself (laughs) saying, what am I creating? What am I afraid of? What am I trying to control? Where is there love that I think I can't attain and, and start there, but there's so many other facets, right? So people are looking for the reason, right? Like give me one reason why I'm not working out. I just need that one reason. Spoiler alert. It's more than one reason, (laughs) right? Like there are a lot of reasons, right? Time management is a problem. It's a problem in my life. I don't work out because I don't manage my time very well. I know what my optimal workout times are. And if I feel like doing something else during that time, I do the other thing. I don't make it a priority. I know that about myself, but I have to dig into like, well, what is your time management about? It's, it's the freedom. I like to have freedom. I don't want to be told what to do. (laughs) even by myself. (laughs) So if I feel like that's going to be a daunting task that I have to do, I'm not going to do it. But I've done this before. I've watched videos. I've sat down and said, so you're not going to do any yoga, but can you watch some, right? Like, like I'm watching Netflix and one of two things will happen. Either I'll get up and start doing it because I am interested in what I'm watching or I'll take pieces of it And I'll tell myself, you can do like two minutes of it in between clients and and count it. Just let it, let it be that way so that I'm starting slower versus making it that big ominous thing that I tend to make it so that I will not manage time for it. But that's honest. I had sucks to have to say that, right? Like, I don't like saying that I'm the problem, (laughs) but I am right. And I, and if I want to improve and if I want to feel healthy and if I want to feel better 
then I have to face myself and I have to be honest and I have to feel that pang of like, ugh, and then push through it and figure out. And you may not even know what you're feel feeling. You know, you may not know what the feeling is that's preventing mm-hmm. you from doing it. I know it's fear because I know myself enough. I know my brain enough that, that it was afraid. So it caused a reaction or it caused some sort of prevention. Um, mm-hmm. And it challenged my belief system about the only way for me to be lovable is to be disabled. And that's mm-hmm. a huge belief system to be challenged with. You know, it, it, it's just because, you know, we, we work so hard at healing stuff. And, you know, when we think that, oh, I've, I've done that, I've done that. Yes, you have done that. However, here's another facet to that, that you haven't seen yet. And, and, and what mm-hmm. it is that you may not understand about yourself. And so it's like, you know, realizing that, you know, before I, before I put the RA in remission, before I did that, before I healed that, I had to decide I didn't want it anymore and its limitations. Well, yes, that may come with that, but now it's about taking that to the physical part of myself, not just the emotional, not just the mental, but now I have to remove that limitation from my physical self. And that means, okay, what do we need to do? How do we need to heal our body and change and shift our body? So it's not as easy when it comes to doing it for the body, because there's a lot of other underlying belief systems and underlying thought processes that we may not understand we have. Like, I mean, to think that, I mean, that was how I manifested the RA was a belief that I didn't have any help. No one helped me. No Mm. one was there for me. I was there for everybody and no one helped me. That was part of my mantra. Like, Mm. hello. And and here I find it again in the dark depths of this process. And I'm like, fucking A. (laughs) And, and, And now I've used my illness that I manifested through that thought process to create a situations that helped that enhanced that thought process and in a way that was not good for me. I mean, granted it helped me accept help. Mm-hmm. It's forced me to accept help, which showed me that the world did not burn down around me when I did ask for help, that it was possible. And there are people in the world who are willing to help me if I allow them it, to help me and it's all mm-hmm. on me it's not on the other person i need to just mm-hmm. fucking ask for help yeah so that it's not that it wasn't for not that was learned so now i have to apply that to my current situation me as a more as a stronger more able-bodied person so yes and i think we can even you know like we talk about you know in the learnings that we're doing we're talking about buzzwords a lot and like i think help is a buzzword for people like us <laughs> Who don't like it. <laughs> I do not like asking for help. But the word that I have enjoyed using so much is like co-creation. Like, will yes. you, you know what I mean? Like thinking of it as a collaboration. Like, yeah. will you collaborate with me on this project? And I won't say it like that because it sounds weird to some people, 
other people I can totally say that to and they're like nice you know but other people maybe aren't going to want to hear that but in my head I have to change it to that like you need to stop because the word help always means helpless in your brain and you need to rewrite that but the only way you're going to rewrite that is by using other words you are not going to be able to continue to use that word because you already have a meaning associated and so we have to do some shifting and using different ideas of what being helped is right like we've talked about personally about sometimes help is about companionship it's not that I can't physically do it I don't want to do it alone and and that's okay right like but being able to say that I just want some company yeah right and say and 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 allowing that to be okay or you know what people we'll use this as an example of like, sometimes people do find it easier to start a program with somebody else. Right. And being able to say like, this is a co-creation together. I'm not asking you for help because I can't do it myself. I just think it will be a hell of a lot more fun, not by myself. And so I can connect to the idea of doing this as a project together versus feeling like I am like a POS who can't do anything by themselves. Right. Because both of those can be followed and both of those can be true with your mindset. Yep. Yep. Yes. So, you know, and, and, and I will for, I will be looking at my motivations and we'll see, you know, each, each moment, each decision comes with a certain fallout and Mm -hmm. we have to see what it is. What is it stirring within us? What is the fallout? What is what is it stoking? What fear is it triggering in that moment? And the more that I know that, the more that, you know, I can say to myself, I can work with my brain and going brain. I know, you know, I talk to it all the time. I'm like, I know you're scared brain. I'm scared too. But at the same time, let's have some faith in our friends and the universe that whenever that help is needed, it's going to show up at that I don't have to worry. Like it's mm-hmm. not something that I have to, I need to concern myself with because most of the time the people are already like, they're already there. They're already going to help. Like when I say that I'm doing stuff, they're like, Oh yeah, I'll help you. Or, you know, or do you need some help? I'll come over. We'll hang out. You know, like they already see it as a co-creation, you know, they're not thinking of me as, Oh, she's disabled or, Oh, she's not disabled anymore. She's, she's capable. I don't need to help her. Yeah. It's just, I have to have a lot of trust and faith. And because I took the time, no, sorry, heart pains. Um, Because I've already taken the time to connect, to make a pact between my heart and my brain. This process is a lot easier. That's why in the beginning of this series, I really talked about facilitating that connection with listening to your mind, listening to what it had to say, and also connect, making a pact between your heart energy and your mind and saying, okay, you know what? I understand the fear. I understand it's there. It's valid. There's a reason it's there. Mm -hmm. However, can we make a pact that we talk about it? and try new things until we see that the new things are dangerous. And then we'll talk about not doing them or shifting what we're doing. 
it was an agreement that I made with my brain many moons ago that mm. has helped facilitate this process. That's mm. why I know it's fear that I'm feeling. That's why I know that there's something happening is because whenever I feel resistance or an againstness type energy, it's my brain pumping the brakes going, hold on, hold on. I'm not safe here. I'm not safe. We're not safe. We need to look mm-hmm. at this. And mm-hmm. I am because of that pact energetically, I am, I am signed on to stop my process and to say, what are you afraid of? What are we, what is the situation? What is the red flags? What are we feeling? And to really lean into it, because if we don't honor how we feel, the brain has been shut down our whole lives. Like we, the reason why our brain creates extreme situations is because we've not allowed it to be part of our lives. We've not allowed to listen to the fear because we're meant to be strong and courageous and, and do great things. And we are. But that's not despite the fear. It's with the fear. It's taking fear by the hand Mm -hmm. and saying, we're afraid, but we're going to do this because we're in it to win it here. Mm -hmm. And once we create a relationship with that fear, with our mind, with all the things it throws at us, the more we can heal, the more we can learn about what our motivating factors are, what you know, why do we feel, what, what are we going to lose here? What's going to happen if I do this thing? And Mm -hmm. once we can do that and listen, lean into it, accept that it's there for a reason and not judge it or dismiss it. The more, the more you will take action on the things you fear is when you've allowed fear to have it say, and, and you've allowed that time for you to say, okay, I get why you're afraid and I validate it. And then you can take the charge and say, look, I know we're afraid, but here's what we're going to do. And here's, here's where we'll stop. If we, if your fear is proven valid, this mm-hmm. is where we'll stop. So it knows that you're going to stop if it's too much, mm-hmm. but that you're still going to try and continue forward. And most of the time, the fear is unfounded, not that it's not valid, but it was unfounded and we continue on and we create great things. That's how I've ended up in the Pacific Northwest. That's how I've manifested all the things that I've manifested. All the fear that was there, I didn't ignore it. I didn't have courage despite fear. I leaned into fear and said, what is the problem? What What is making you afraid? And, and having this sense the courage comes from knowing the fear and moving forward anyways mm-hmm. with yeah. the idea that we're all moving forward. The fear, my brain, my heart, my body, all of us are moving forward. Not just my body and my heart are just like moving forward without my brain. No, we're in it together. And that's how you create total healing. That is really how you create that depth of healing that is permanent, that is forever and life changing. Mm-hmm. And I, don't I mean, know you've got to, we have to know, <laughs> we have to remember that our brains go through a billion processes before the one thing is that we know, right? So saying I'm afraid is like, that's not the, like, the, you didn't just have one process that said, 
you know, trigger danger. There were like a billion other things. Like your brain went through all the scenarios because it does all that shit behind the scenes. And that means that you have to go into all those places too. And it feels daunting, right? Like to be like, what? But it's, you peel back a couple layers, you usually find it. It's usually right there, right? But until you dig, you don't. You just go, oh, I'm afraid. I'm too afraid. Like you're not too afraid. You just don't, you're too afraid of what? it is under that layer, you know? And like you said, building those safeguards, I'm not going to do this alone, maybe, right? Because I'm afraid. And so this is the the fear is the aloneness or the fear is, you know, whatever it is, how do I put those safeguards in there? But it's, I mean, again, like if your brain is going to do a billion processes to make one decision, then you kind of need to remember (laughs) that you have to do, you know, a few processes of your own (laughs) in order to understand some of how you got there to that fear. Right. I mean, I've had people that are like talking to me and they're like, I didn't know that's the whole story, but she told me a story about her fear of height. And how she just kind of always had it. I'm getting goosebumps when I talk about it. She kind of always had it. And then, bam, randomly, something triggered her to remember something from when she was like four years old of somebody doing something to her that was terrifying. She thought she was going to be dropped like to the earth. And it was like, wow, that was where that was written, right? Like, unless you're doing, like, I mean, you're just afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. I don't know why, but going back and doing some of that research and saying, all right, brain, where is this coming from? How many, how many like proofs do we have <laughs> like in this area? Like, tell me your process of how we got here. Right. And yes, we do talk to our brains as if they are <laughs> a second person in the room. <laughs> How did you get here? Tell me the stories of how you got here. So we can talk about those stories because without that, we will either have blind courage, which doesn't help us very much because we will run back to safety. Like we'll haul ass back to safety. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it also doesn't give us the healings going forward that we need when we're moving forth with courage. And it's like, so important, you know, and that's why you'll see so many people achieve and go backwards because they forgot, like you said, they brought their heart. I mean, they brought their brain in their body and, and did something task oriented, but they forgot their heart. <laughs> so yeah. that the, the, the broken heart brought them all the way back to, to the start again, or vice versa, you know, you feel it in your heart and you, you know, you bring your body there, but you didn't do the healing inside your brain you didn't change the processes so you ended up back at square one everybody's got to go together and this is the way to do it it's the sustainable way the 10 easy steps are not the sustainable way they're not even easy and there's more than 10 (laughs) (laughs) yes But like this one, I, I mean, I feel like this is the one, like this is the podcast. <laughs> like, and I think that so big and it's a- so big because it's real. Like you are really going into this space with yourself. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I, and I feel that this applies to all parts of our life. This is, this isn't just body issues. This is, this is all decisions we've made. Like, you know, making the decision to move here, like that wasn't easy. And when I made the decision, there was a lot of fear that prevented me from starting to pack, you know, but it was just, I have to remember, and we all have to remember is that, you know, there is cellular memory in our body that of an event that happened to us sometime in our life. You can even talk about past lives, but this life is hard enough. So let's leave past lives alone right now. (laughs) You know, we, we, we have cellular memory of an issue that happened and because the situation you've just put yourself in or decided to do smells like, feels like, could look like, or just is like that moment, it's going to hit that cellular memory. It's going to trigger the fear from that cellular memory. Um, you know, and the thought of nobody helping me, of being alone and, and having no help is a huge, was, was a huge fear for me it, because, you know, I just, I was so lonely as it was that it's like, you know, and, and there are moments that, yeah, my brain is like, but look at this moment, look at how it was proven. Yep. But what I was asking that person was not in their heart. And there was not a person who cared about me and who loved me like my friends do. So I have to remember is that it's not just about asking people for help. It's about knowing who has your back knowing and discerning the people that have it in their heart to help you. And because Mm -hmm. I helped so many of them, I know in a freaking heartbeat, if I said, Hey guys, I need some help with X. They'd be like, what time I'm there, you know? So let's, let's be, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I really hope that, that this has given you food for thought that has helped you not being so self-flagellating because you didn't fall through. And, you know, and if you're a person who did a new year's resolution, like, okay, fine. I'll accept that you did it. And you felt that was what you wanted to do. I don't like them. And I don't, I'm not an advocate for them, but I will I'm accept in <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I will accept you felt that was necessary. So, and, and what if, what if, you know, if, if at one point you get derailed or it doesn't happen or you don't succeed or something happens to prevent you from succeeding or you prevent yourself. So this is the time where we don't use the idea of shame, self-flagellation, because it's not going to help you be better. What's going to help you be better is to say, why, what am I feeling that's preventing me from wanting to do it or preventing me from doing it? Because it's all within us. I mean, unless, you know, you actually got sick or something happened physically, or you love, you know, there's some other extenuating circumstance. It was something inside you that prevented you from taking that step. And the more we can approach that with kindness and understanding and the willingness to learn something new about yourself. 
Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. We think mm-hmm. we know ourselves. And then we get into a situation where we're like, oh, I, I don't know this about myself and I don't like it. But if you go yeah. in with that willingness to learn, that willingness to learn something new, a new facet, then you'll be fine. You'll be fine yeah. because you'll lean into it. You'll hear it. Even if you don't understand, you'll at least share space with it so that you can move forward. And I just, Mm -hmm. I want that. I want the kindness from yourself for yourself. I want the idea that you're open to understanding more about who you are and the different facets that make up you as a human. And I also want that courage to see what you're afraid of and to own it and to be like, yep, that's what I'm afraid of. But here's what we're going to do to work through that. Yep. And to have that all those stories. courage to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're here. You hear us. We understand, right? I mean, this, the whole reason why this is happening is because we have someone right here doing it. <laughs> So when there's confusion, when there's anger, when there's frustration, when there's sadness, when there's disappointment, we get it. It's okay. Feel all of those things, figure it out, lean into it. It's, it's more dangerous, honestly, to ignore it than it is to face it because ignoring it is going to continue. You're going to continue down that self-destructive path and that's doesn't end well. The more we allow, right. The more we allow our brain to dictate our actions, the more small we're going to play. We're going to play small. We're going to be in our fear. We're going to stay there. We're not really going to step up to what we are here to create and co-create. Step into the, like Elsa and and, and Frozen 2, into the unknown. It's like my favorite song from there. And the best line gives me goosebumps every time where it says, you are the one you've been waiting for all of your life. It's all within you. All of these changes are, you you are, you are the center of it all, no matter where you are, who you're with, what you do, get in there, high five that center make that center strong and shiny and, and, and enjoyable and something that you're proud of and not trying to hide because it's beautiful. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So mote it be. (laughs) So if you have questions, if you're stuck and you're not really sure why you're stuck, or if you're just in that space, you need to, you know, you need some help learning how to be kind or learning how to access your brain. You know, we're here to help that. Vanessa is our holistic counselor. She's here to help you with that. I'm here to help maybe heal some of that cellular memory. So it's not such a trigger, you know, that's possible. It's possible to heal cellular memory. Absolutely. um, So if you need either of us or both of us, Drop us a line at freudsangels at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. I will do or Instagram and we'll do our best to help and facilitate understanding and compassion for yourself. And yes. yeah, so we love you. We hope that you've gotten what you needed from today 
and that you can go forward with the empowered sense of wholeness in your life and moving forward with all of you and not just parts of you. Yes. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Love you all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.